what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. U.S. health advisors want you to know your health coverage does not have to be complicated. If you aren't happy with your insurance plan, there are unlimited and comprehensive medical plan options available to you right now. U.S. health advisors offer solutions which can't be found anywhere else. They can even offer you the ability to purchase more coverage if and when you need it. U.S. Health Advisors offers fair rates and no surprises. Sounds nice, doesn't it? If you'd like to know more, contact U.S. Health Advisors at 828-554-3032 or by email at daniel.bryant at ushadvisors.com. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on the Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, it's our annual business lessons from the movie Podtacular Edition, and we'll be joined by the founders of the Foot Candle Film Society, Alan Jackson and Chris Fry. We'll give you some movie ideas to make it through the holidays with a minimum of awkward conversation with your in-laws. We'll also share some of the small businesses that we've been running into in our Small Business of the Month feature. Uh, So stay tuned for that at the end of our program. My name is Jeff Newell. I'm your co-host. I'm director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is dean. I'm going to make sure I get this right, Gary. Dean of the School of Workforce Development and the Arts at Catawba Valley Community College. Perfect. Thank Thank you you very much. Well, welcome. How are you doing, Gary? Doing great. Doing great. We're getting into the end of football season, and Wake Forest still has a winning record, so it's a good time. Well, your alma mater, Wake Forest, I believe, has an 8-3 and three record here in late November. You're wearing your gold, close to gold, uh, sport jacket. coat, you know, so you're looking very dapper. I would also like to welcome our, our guests today, Alan Jackson and Chris Fry, who are co-founders of the Foot Candle Film Society, a nonprofit group which brings interesting and critically acclaimed movies to our area, which often do not make it to our our multiplex. And they're two dudes who love films. They also have their own podcast, uh, Foot Candle Film, which you can find on uh, the Apple Store or the Mesh Network. So, Alan and Chris, how are you guys doing? Hey, doing, doing great. great. Happy to be here, Jeff. Gary, good to We're see you. Glad you're with us. This love, is our favorite podcast. I know. I love holiday traditions, and this is this is one of the traditions that I like doing. So well, it's and, and it's, it, is, it is always a pleasure and an honor to be talking with movies with you guys. Be, and although I, yeah, I think Gary and I sometimes feel a little bit uh, intimidated oh, by really? your no. by your movie oh, knowledge. No. That's uh, a good word. <laughs> intimidated. Because <laughs> I'm always intimidated when I'm with you, Jeff, so I got good practice. Uh, There's Gary. a lot of intimidation just floating around. <laughs> the room All right, you people stay in line here, okay? But before we talk about movies, Gary and I usually talk about an article or something we've come across, and I don't really have an article today, but I did want to give out a shout-out to Small Business Saturday. You know, we're, we're, each month we get on and we talk about entrepreneurships, we talk about small business, and, and we're taping this a little before Thanksgiving. And Small Business Saturday is the Saturday after Thanksgiving aimed at encouraging holiday shoppers to patronize small retailers and our local businesses. Uh, you know, it's between Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Now I think there's a Giving Tuesday 
Uh, you know, we were talking about creating a Gary Wednesday where everyone would be nice to Gary. <laughs> that, you know, that would be a nice thing. One time a year, at least. One time a year. That, <laughs> so, would, be, that would be appreciated. Yeah. Uh, just some background for our listeners. Small Business Saturday was created by American Express, you know, well-known philanthropic company in 2010 uh, as a way to support local retailers and small e-commerce shops. And I suspect they also wanted people to use their American Express cards. But regardless... Uh, you know, the, the goal was to help small businesses. And since 2013, individuals and organizations have been adding their names as neighborhood champions. Uh, and there were, in 2018, there were 7,500 neighborhood champions helping to promote Small Business Saturday uh, throughout the country. And uh, just to throw some statistics around, you know, today, small businesses make up really 99% of all businesses, which uh, it's, it's sort of a, an employee number there. And they employ 47.5% of the country's workers. And, uh, you know, we all probably visit the big box stores and do shopping on Amazon. And we're not saying you shouldn't do that or you can't do that. But uh, for every $100 spent at a local business, typically $68 of it stays within the local economy compared to $43 for the larger businesses. So uh, uh, we encourage you to to go out there and and visit your local businesses uh, you know, during the holiday season. Somewhere between for most retailers and and uh, uh, many local businesses, twenty to thirty percent of their year sales come during the holiday season, depending on the type of business. So this is sort of a critical time. So even if you're listening to this after Small Business Saturday on November thirtieth, we want you to get out there and uh, during the holiday season, make sure that you're. You're visiting, spending some money, encouraging your local uh, your local stores. So that's that's Great. my unpaid advertisement that's for our, our, our local businesses well out done. there. I think very that's well. really good. And I spent five years in retail, and this time of year uh, was always an exciting time. It was also a very nerve-wracking time uh, getting ready for it. And, of course, that's when truly there was Black Friday and all these things. And it, it either happened or it didn't happen mm-hmm. uh, in the next six weeks, basically. That's this right. Year's not, and when... Thanksgiving was late like it was or is this year, it made it even more uh, pressure packed. That's right. There's a more of a compressed holiday shopping season That's this true. year. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that tries to avoid the Christmas music and everything until after Thanksgiving. It's, <laughs> Same here. You know, so here. Uh, we're, we've been watching Hallmark movies since August. So. <laughs> That's great. That's another story. Well, well, that's just a wonderful segue. They just fainted on the other side of the table. You can't do that. That's that's just a great segue here to to get into our main topic, (laughs) Gary. By the way, my wife doesn't like the Hallmark movies. Okay. um, We we have two boys that were born December 3rd and December 4th for birthdays. So we kind of have a rule that you you can't do the Christmas celebration Mm. until after their birthdays. So that... Oh. Compresses it down That's to a nice three-week window for for Christmas celebrations. So. Well, well, and 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 we have a daughter born in December as well, who who would make that case too. We don't yes. always listen to her, but she well. is pretty she is pretty <laughs> well, shrill. Well, I mean, she's just one. Me, yeah. I have two, so uh, a little more powerful there. Yeah. I have a real problem being on December 29th. That explains a lot of. My oh, problems. is that your birthday? December 29th, oh, and so well. I didn't have the birthday. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why my parents would say sorry. I'm 
I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Well, that's, breaks. you know, people are, are you know, they, I'm sure they appreciate all our birthday stories, but they are <laughs> tuning in because, you know, we want to give that's everyone. When I talk about my birthday all They the want to <laughs> listen to our, our movie recommendations. And, and uh, you know, as I mentioned, uh, Alan and Chris uh, talk about movies very often. And, and uh, I, you know, I personally get to enjoy watching movies with them uh, each month at the Foot Candle Film Society, which is which is much fun here in, in our Hickory area. Um, so here's our premise. We all love the holiday season. We love spending time with family, friends, going to parties, giving gifts, getting gifts. But there will be a time during the holiday season when you need some downtime, when uh, you know it's going to be just good to turn on Netflix or your your uh, your your streaming uh, channel of choice or your on-demand service because conversation might have gotten a little testy. You never know. Yeah, there, there are a lot of things going on out there, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes, uh, you know, discussing who went to the Ukraine to get what Ooh. from whatever is probably not <laughs> what you want to be doing with the family. Yeah. Number one word I hope that does not come up during Thanksgiving is Ukraine. Ukraine? <laughs> in any, any way. Anyway. In any way, shape, or form. So, uh, so you know, our, we, we, we want to help you. We're here to help you avoid those awkward conversations or, or testy conversations by just saying, hey, let's watch a movie. Let's get the family together and watch a movie. So uh, our guidelines are it doesn't have to necessarily be a business movie, but we're trying to find movies that might have some sort of business lesson out there for our listeners. So that's sort of what we're going to give you our our recommendations to you. If uh, some are a little bit more risque than others, we'll try to point that out as well, just uh, so you get the appropriate parts of the family to watch them. Absolutely. So, so uh, Chris, Alan, you guys are our guests. We'll let one of you guys I'll, kick it off. Who would? Uh, who wants you, to Who wants to go first? I'll you, go first. Chris is going to go first. So right. um, my first recommendation is a documentary, and it is called Fire, the Greatest Party That Never Happened. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. I think I may have stolen the recommendation. Um, but there's plenty to talk about with this uh, right, documentary. That, that was one of mine, Chris, but go okay. ahead. Um, yeah, probably not one for the children because there is language involved. Um, but basically, an entrepreneur, Billy McFarland, who was able to raise lots of capital, is kind of notorious slash famous for this. He decided to promote a concert and got rapper Ja Rule to come along with him. And they advertised this high-end festival experience, and it was going to be amazing. People were going to fly to an island and go. Well, things didn't really go very well. Um, The Internet helped this soar as far as the money they sold out. But then the Internet also helped it crash and burn because people started posting pictures of the – they were supposedly going to have all this lavish food, and it was like these – a piece of lettuce on a piece of bread in a styrofoam container, and that just don't, went viral everywhere. Don't forget and, the cheese. They oh, had the cheese on with the lettuce. They had a piece of cheese. Yes. Um, it was just, and it's the type of thing that you would think, this is a documentary, you would think this was a fictitious movie that has Will Ferrell or something like coming up with an idea to do that, because it just doesn't seem possible that people actually thought this was going to work, and man, it just fails spectacularly, and Unfortunately, it's very entertaining to watch because you're just like, I can't believe these people. And these are people that are, a lot of them are business people. They've done other concerts and it's just like, but no, they, and some people throw up a little warning flag like, hey, shouldn't we? No, 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 no. Just keep, keep going. Um, And they talked to the advertising firm that kind of had a hand in promoting this event and they 
then say, hey, shouldn't we put some warning signs out there? And they were told, nope, just keep going. Um, so it's it's fascinating. It's called The Greatest Party That Never Happened, and it is uh, streaming on Netflix, and I, I recommend it. It's, it is entertaining. My wife, who typically doesn't go for documentaries, I said, I think you, because I'd heard a little bit about it, and she was like, wow, she could not believe how nuts it was. So. And, and, and I was going to talk about this, <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm glad that you are. But, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, it is sort of like watching a car wreck because oh, you, know, you can sort of see it's what's going to happen and, and it's going to be really ugly and it's hard to turn away. It is. It is. But it's a business lesson, obviously. You know, be careful the people you are in business with and, you know, you promise something, make sure you have the logistics and everything to make something like this pull off. And it was an amazing idea. And in theory, <laughs> it could have been pulled off, but oh man. <laughs> well, and, and to me, from a business lesson perspective, yeah, the marketing was, 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 was kind of spectacular. They had supermodels posting oh, yeah. about it on Instagram. Oh yeah. So the marketing. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like uh, style over substance oh. in that, uh, <laughs> you know, you, if you're really interested in a longer term sustainable business, you, you need to not just have, win on the style points of using the supermodels <laughs> to get you there. You sure. actually have to be able to fulfill your promise, promise. to your customer, and, and uh, they, they sort of missed it on the substance. They, wow. they did. <laughs> so It's just insane. I have not had a chance to catch up with that yet, but I've heard many people talking about it. So and, a, and apparently there's another documentary on Hulu as well, which I have not seen. I have not seen that one either. Um, and the, so a lot of... There was so much footage shot of this event as it was being put together because the advertising firm was there. They had really expensive cameras. It looks beautiful. They did a lot of work. But they also had a lot of kind of behind-the-scenes footage that then becomes the source material for this documentary. They never interview Billy McFarland, the guy who was kind of the genius behind it. They never interview him outright, but he is featured very prevalently mm-hmm. in the documentary. Fire Fraud, which is the name of the other one that's on Hulu, is a little controversial because they actually paid him to come in for an interview and they actually talk. I have not seen it, but it would mm-hmm. be interesting to hear what he has to say. <laughs> so, well, yes. Well, and, and, and I, I, I recommend this as well. And, and just to, to me, you know, perhaps the highlight for me was when they were interviewing that, that one of the about event, the water, about the, oh, yeah. <laughs> one of the event planners who they, <sighs> yeah, they were having all these problems and they had four truckloads of Avion water held up in customs and the customs officer basically requested that uh, one of the uh, planners come uh, uh, perform, come have sex with him in order to release the water. Yes. And, uh, now I know why you were hesitating. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm cleaning up the language, actually. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, yeah, it's just, it was, it's. The behind-the-scenes piece of it is just, uh, you know, it's, wow. it's really... Uh, and where was really the location cool. of this non-party? The Baha- oh, I left that out. Part of the marketing for this event was that they had supposedly secured the island of Pablo Escobar, the famous cocaine trafficker, and they, had, they were going to have this party on that island. Yeah, um, so, and they're just, <laughs> it just gets, but, me, and you're, but, you're looking at me like, what? And, but, yeah. but late in the game, they actually had to move it to move another it. island because apparently they aggravated uh, Mr. Escobar's friends and family, right. which, which apparently you don't want to do. And, and they had to move it to, to another that. location. Yeah, yeah, so. it, it, and I know you're sitting there listening to this thinking, what? Like, this, this, be real? this happened? Well, yeah. you know, Gary was probably <laughs> signed up to go to the fire festival. He's <laughs> 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 sort of in his wheelhouse. Just wait until the behind. 
behind the scenes documentary about the Foot Candle Film Festival comes right. out because that's going to be pretty controversial. All right, well, that's, I, that was I'm great. on board. I'm on board with that one, Alan. What's uh, what's your first sure. choice? Well, before I give my pick, um, I just want to make a quick note. So, looking back over the list of films we recommended last several years, I always like to kind of say, you know, am I do I follow my my colleagues' advice here and actually see any of these films if I haven't seen them? So, Gary, I'm happy to say, almost immediately after recording last year, family and I watched another uh, another take on uh, Remember the Titans, still yep. one of our fa- family favorites. Yep. So, you were inspired me last year I to watch that again over the holidays. We certainly did on that. On an ongoing basis. And then, Jeff, I did catch up with Moneyball, the uh, Brad Pitt baseball film, not too long ago, and actually really enjoyed it. It's been on my watch list for a long time. So, mm-hmm. that was your recommendation last year as well. So, thank you for, for both of those. Okay. Um, so... Film I'm going to recommend from 2004 is The Aviator, and this is the biopic about Howard Hughes, who was uh, he was a director, he was an aviator, he was a businessman, uh, and, and this film really follows this career from the late 20s to about the mid 40s. Uh, you got Leonardo DiCaprio starring as Howard Hughes, uh, directed by uh, um, um, Martin, Scorsese. Martin Scorsese. Why? God, I'm so bad with names nowadays. He's sort of an obscure guy. <laughs> yeah, just, just <laughs> that guy. That, that guy. Uh, Martin Scorsese, who has a new film coming out this week over the holidays as well, The Irishman. So if you're already in kind of a Martin Scorsese mood, you know, this is one to, to go back. Not one of his most acclaimed films, The Aviator, but uh, still, I think, a really good one as far as a biopic goes. But it does depict Hughes as someone very recklessly ambitious and with the talent to do anything, but it's also... Uh, you start to see some uh, some things that you know in history well documented kind of mental illness issues and some other concerns about uh, his personality that kind of get in the way. But you know we see a lot of ambition, we see a lot of big ideas of things Howard Hughes wants to do, but we also see some 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 faults and some things that kind of trip him up along the way and maybe hamper his career to some degree. And there's a couple of things I really pulled from the film and watching it uh, again recently. Uh, that I thought was kind of interesting from a business perspective. Um, one, Howard Hughes does a really great job of, of surrounding himself with the best people. So he was actually known in real life. I don't think it mentioned this in the film, but in real life, he would double, triple the salary of people just to bring the right people on board or to keep the best people. He doesn't mind throwing money at them if it means he can get their allegiance and have them here to work with them because he saw the value in having the best people and the best team around them. So something hinted on in the film, didn't go in as deep, but still think was kind of interesting to remember about him. But the biggest thing I think the film shows is, you know, he suffered from OCD, obsessive compulsory disorder. They have some moments in the film where you see him struggling with that. And there's also, uh, they believe, maybe Asperger's syndrome, some other things that were affecting him. But he, despite all of that, he was able to approach situations from a very unique and different perspective. Uh, he really brought some very unique thinking to his ideas. So even the people around him would say, I don't think that's going to work. I think that's crazy. His idea is, well, we're going to try it. We're going to do it. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. But the times it worked, it was pretty phenomenal. The times it didn't work, I think it was good lessons to learn from it. So um, he's running the company. No one was able to stop him. But it's all because of that vision he had and surrounding himself with really talented people. So, you know, maybe it didn't end the way that we would want, you know, as a business person to see our career ending. But 
I think we can see a lot of lessons in that upswing part of the film where he really is uh, hitting for the fence or aiming for the fences and half the time he's getting there and it was pretty spectacular. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty fascinated with Howard Hughes as a character. I think just because of his multi things he got into in his life and everything from film directing to building airplanes, everything else. Um, I think he's fascinating and I think there's a lot of lessons you can learn. This movie doesn't go as deep into the business lessons as maybe a good biography book would or, or documentary, but I think it's a good reminder of some of the things he did do that were pretty fascinating in the business world. And, and doesn't uh, Leonardo DiCaprio play Howard Hughes? He does. Yeah, okay. Leo DiCaprio okay. plays him. Okay. It's got a great cast, a lot of, a lot of great actors in it. Um, it's a long film. It's about two hours and 50 minutes. So, Jeff, if you're looking for a little longer break from the family than maybe just a 90-minute uh, film, Good to know. The Aviator might be one to queue up. It buys you about an extra hour over the other films. Good to know. <laughs> right. Good to know. Well, and, and the, the one he's got coming out now is like, like three and a three half, half hours. hours. Yeah, yeah that's, the Irishman. That's, that's, yeah, that's uh, like a... That may be one that have to, have to consume in parts. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost a like a series shit. there. Yeah. yeah. So. so really, if you need like six hours worth of entertainment over the week, over the holiday, you got Martin Scorsese films. Mm-hmm. Too, no, no. Well, right well, isn't there like a Godfather uh, thing going on oh, at some point in time? Okay, all right. Well, that's the Aviator from 2014. It's it, it's one of those overlooked Scorsese films that doesn't really get mentioned a lot and kind of his best of, but it's one of my personal favorites. So yeah. I think it's great. Well, excellent. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Gary, what, what what do you have to say about movies? Well, mine will be another one that Alan will be watching, I think. Mm-hmm. First one is Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman. From 1990s. Pretty Woman. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll hold I'll I was going to say, everybody... Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, Richard Gere, his yeah. character, Edward, is uh, basically a wheeling, dealing, uh, ruthless uh, business person buying companies and just has no, very callous in what he does and just very measured, which tied back to his relationship with his father, which was not good. And then, of course, you have his girlfriend that had her own side business. Vivian. That's a good way to put it. (laughs) I got that training from what you said a few minutes ago. But it was, you know, I was really, we were watching it on a Saturday night, and I turned to my wife, Tammy, and I said, this is perfect for the podcast because it's a business oriented. She said, what are you talking about? So he's a ruthless business person going through life with no direction other than focused on business, but didn't have the quality of life. And he found his quality of life at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Got a happy ending. And you know, the movie, I, I actually, I did catch up with it not too long ago. I won't say whether it was by choice or not. Um, (laughs) I'll say that ours wasn't by choice. We've watched it many, many times. (laughs) For what it is, it's a really good film, actually. And I actually was surprised at how deep it kind of got on, not only, like you said, the relationship with his father, but it does kind of deal with some business dealings. I think he has to work with a a business colleague that... um, does some unforward yeah. things towards his, his assistant. And all, and yeah, and George, yeah. George Costanza. Yeah, George Costanza. Yeah, right. and yeah, um, that's a good example. Of yeah. He followed Edward or uh, Richard Gere down that path. Yeah, uh, and he was even more ruthless, I guess you'd say, at the end. And then, of course, mm-hmm. has uh, the last business deal he makes uh, on the, in the movie is he he turns to be a decent guy. Yeah. It was a much uh, much more thoughtful film than I remember when I was you know a kid yeah. and hadn't seen it when it came out. So uh, or a teenager, I guess. So yeah. Uh, and, and my my memory of the movie is the first time I watched it, it was with 
was with my grandparents, and mm-hmm. getting through some of the beginning parts was a little bit of a, yeah. a little little challenging yeah. there. So, yeah, generally, generationally, you might uh, just be careful with who you watch it with. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so. That's true. Well, no, that's a good pick, though. That's actually, you're right. It's, it's got some great twist. business mes- messages in there for sure. So, absolutely. Well, I'm going to share my, I'll say first pick. Well, uh, that uh, and, and this is this one... You know, I, I give my wife some credit on this one, you know, and you know, like you, Alan, you know, sometimes it's a challenge. We've been doing this for a few years, so we were trying to give give our listeners new choices that uh, perhaps we haven't thrown out there on the podcast before. So uh, my choice, and, and bear with me here, for the movie that you should be watching for a business lesson is La La Land, the, oh, you know, huh. 20, nice. 2016, you know, yeah. the Romantic comedy drama musical with uh, uh, which had won the best uh, picture award for about one minute. Uh, it was, right? uh, it was the yeah. shortest lived best picture winner ever. <laughs> Starring Ryan Gosling, uh, who's a uh, jazz pianist who has dreams of opening his own jazz club, and Emma Stone, who's an aspiring actress who is pursuing her career, and they meet and fall in love in Los Angeles, and they sing, they dance, and and uh, pursue their careers with mixed success uh, as they're pulled in different directions, and you know, you know, you know, I have to admit, embarrassingly, I want, I, I, I really enjoy the soundtrack. You know, I'm, I, I like the music and and uh, and watch, enjoy, uh, you know, the the two actors uh, dancing and singing and whatnot. One time, I actually uh, tweeted, uh, you know, I was listening to, I was exercising. I tweeted out that I was trying to control my jazz hands while I was listening to La La Land, and one of my awesome. good friends qu- tweeted back, say that's the saddest tweet I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Um, yeah. So and so anyway. Uh, so so the yeah the they're they're these crazy kids are pursuing their dreams and whatnot. And as the movie unfolds, we we learn of decisions they make and what directions they might take us in and and uh, what might have been as we go through uh, toward the end of it. And and to me, the you know just the business lesson is. You know, do you can you have it all? Can you can you have that work life? Can you can you have the love of your life and pursue your career the way that you might want to pursue your career? You know, Ryan Gosling ends up opening up his own uh, jazz piano club. You know, but in the end, you know, he's not with uh, Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess that's a spoiler alert. But uh, I'm assuming yeah. most people have seen this movie <laughs> at this point in time. Sure. So, uh, you know, they could have made other decisions. And, and, and during the movie, it uh, sort of shows some things that perhaps could have been and, you know, you know lost love or, or whatnot. So. Although this movie <laughs> masquerades as a romantic musical comedy drama, it's really a movie about entrepreneurship and the drive that it takes to start your own business and the yeah, yeah. decisions that you have to make sure. to start your own business. And uh, you know, watch it with the family, but just understand the real lessons that you should be learning from this movie. So I, I, I throw that out for your consideration. I I I like. The choice. I think. I think the other side of the table is bringing up some here. Jeff and Gary bring up some very bold choices, on <laughs> and it works. I mean, they totally work. Both of them there. So not ones I would have initially thought, but the more I think about them, I'm like, absolutely. Both of them have some great, great lessons to pull from those. Wait, so. you hear my next one? Uh-huh. <laughs> I cannot wait. Uh-huh. Well, hold your horses there, Gary. We're going we're to let Chris uh, right. throw another a movie rec- recommendation. Okay, in. so hopefully Jeff has not doesn't have this on his list. Um, but I'm going to recommend, it's also a film on Netflix, it's widely available, 
Uh, Dolomite is my name. And this is the return of Eddie Murphy to doing a comedy and not like, you know, animated. This is an actual real people walking around, walking, talking. And uh, it's a biography of a real life person named Rudy Ray Moore, who once you watch the film, you can kind of get the idea that Eddie Murphy probably idolized this guy. Um, He started out as a stand up comedian and wasn't really going anywhere, wasn't having a lot of success. And one of the things he realized was there's this kind of which I was kind of unaware of a character in urban legend, kind of like Dolomite. He was a pimp, and he did all these like ridiculous es- escapades and stuff. But people, and they were kind of told kind of like as a version of kind of like a your mama joke in a way, you know, all these kind of crazy things. And people would always laugh at it. So he's like, you know what? He went out and talked to people just on the street, sometimes homeless people, and would hear their like jokes or versions of this character. He developed it into an act. In part of it, as part of his stand-up, then he actually got funding and made a movie of Dolomite. So he was kind of like, you know, pulled himself up and was like, you know what? People laugh at this kind of stuff. I'm going to make money off of it. And it does, and it's successful. And he kind of, in a way, launches back in like the 70s, kind of that whole black exploitation film movement where they made these like ridiculous outsized films. His was one of the first that kind of did that. And what's also kind of unusual about it is the guy knows exactly what he's doing and he's a nice, he seems to be a kind of a nice guy and he surrounds himself with people that are kind of his friends and he looks to kind of take care of them. And you wouldn't say, yeah, of course the other advice that he gets is your type of humor is never going anywhere because it's foul mouth and it's never going to go anywhere. He tries to get comedy albums done. They're like, Nope, that's not going to work. You can parallel this to Eddie Murphy. who kind of got some of the same criticism early in his career. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to stick with what I'm doing and then he comes out with things and they do really well. So it's just interesting to see the parallels. Um, and I was surprised that when I saw the movie that it actually had kind of a nice message at the end that like he brought some people with him and he treated them as his family. And he didn't go out and get all these fancy producers and stuff. No, he had a lot of like, you know, people that he just said, hey, help me do this. And they kind of bought in on the idea. So, yep, it is Eddie Murphy. It does have some foul language. So some, not one. Um, it's <laughs> pretty heavy on it. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's one for the, it's, it's not one yeah. for the kiddies. That's but the, sure. that's the crazy thing is that even though it is R rated, it does have kind of a, in a way, oh, yeah. kind of a heartwarming message. Alan and I actually saw this film together and he, we were both kind of like, huh, not the feeling we thought we would walk out of the theater with. We thought we would laugh, but we didn't think we'd be like, oh, so, um, Dolomite is my name. It's my recommendation. Yeah. Okay. A nice return for Eddie Murphy back to some comedic work, but with some nice tender moments, too, in it. So. And that's the thing, yeah, because he's kind of had a little bit of a drought, so it's nice to see. And it looks like he's never missed a beat. Like, he oh, just feels so really comfortable in this character. You're like, yeah, I, can, I think you were born to play this part. Obviously, this guy inspired you. And it's probably maybe kind of a passion project for him to maybe do. Imagine. And you can tell, like, yep. He he feels it, so it's kind of nice. Well, even the first scene of the movie is him trying to get a DJ to play some records of his that were just records he had produced on his own and songs and wrote and recorded, and just trying as hard as he can to find that with that crack into the entertainment business right. that he was looking for. So just the tenacity also was kind of fun to watch. Him just willing to try, like, look, I'm going to try this. Okay, this didn't work. Now let's retool it and go this direction. And it took a few iterations, but eventually, you know, he's got a movie on Netflix about him now, you know, yeah. 30, 40 years later. So it's not too shabby. So. I've heard of this. I've not yet seen it, but I, it, it's on my list. And now it's uh, going to go higher on my list. So thank <laughs> you. Thank you very much, Chris. Cool. Okay. Alan. 
All right, so this is one I'm expecting this recommendation to just go ahead and be the ultimate recommendation from this episode. This is one that I expect both of you to work into your your lectures and speeches going forward because forward I can't think it. of a, a more perfect business-related film at this point that you could get lessons from. <laughs> so we showed a documentary at our film society earlier this year. It's called The Biggest Little Farm. So this documentary is a, a, a fellow named John Chester and his wife, Molly. They uh, live, out, live in Los Angeles, and they make the decision because of Molly's passion with food and cooking and what they ultimately want to do. They decide to buy a farm outside of L.A., about 200 acres outside of L.A., and the film is documented by John Chester himself. So he's filming and shooting all of this as a documentarian. The idea is that trying to turn this, this plot of farm into a sustainable business and all the challenges they face along the way, all of the ups and downs, all the strategic decisions they have to make along the way, it's pretty fun to watch because it's a big plot of land, but it's also fairly barren. It doesn't really grow things very easy. Kind of in a farm, you kind of have to have things grow. Um, they introduce different elements into this farm, and then they have challenges. And then you watch them trying to figure out how do we solve this challenge and make this work uh, so we can have the kind of business we want to have at the end of the day. And there's a couple, I mean, there's a lot of things you could pull from this film as far as from lessons and being an entrepreneur and starting business. A couple, I'll just highlight. Uh, I could go on for a lot longer, but I'll try to keep it down to these two. Early in the film, they're really struggling with some choices they're having to make and how are they going to develop this farm? What are they going to grow on it? They bring in a consultant, a guy named Alan York, who is a farming guru. And he challenged them from day one. He said, look, uh, most, most farms just pick one or two crops that they're going to plant and that's it. He's like, I want you to go like, we're going to go 75 different variety of things that we're going to grow here. And of course, everybody is around saying, that's crazy. Why would we do that? It just seems like so much work, so much harder to do. And initially, it was a lot more challenging. Those first couple of years were, were tough. But ultimately, it paid off. And because they had so much diversity, all of the elements worked together. So all of these different plants and biosystems that they're creating kind of fed each other and worked together and, fed and helped each other flourish. So by the end of the film, you're seeing a really healthy, vibrant farm that people are traveling to go tour and see and everything else. So, you know, the value of mentoring. I mean, if they had just kind of gone on their own path and said, oh, we're just going to do it the way we think we're supposed to do it, uh, it probably wouldn't have gone, uh, been very successful. But bringing in a mentor, someone they trust mm -hmm. to say, look, I trust your opinion. You know this field better than I, we do. Tell us what we ought to be doing. Let's work together on this is a great example of that. Um, and the other part I kind of alluded to is that by building this whole farm ecosystem, they have a wealth of resources around them, but trying to figure out how to make them all work for the farm and benefit the farm. It actually took a lot of strategy and process and thinking. So I'll give an example of this. So about halfway through the film, they have a challenge where they have a snail invasion. Like all their trees are being invaded by snails. Snails all up and down the trees, killing the crops. I mean, just what do we do? And, you know, they're asking the questions, do we need to bring in chemicals or whatever? And the wife's just like, no, we're not going to bring in chemicals. That's not what we do here in the farm. So they ultimately came up with a solution. They have a whole pond full of ducks over on the other side of the farm. 
bring the ducks over, ducks happen to like eating snails. So the ducks ate all the snails off the trees. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then all of a sudden the snail situation went away by using some of the resources they had in other places. And just thinking about how do we how do we make the most benefit of what Being we've got around us. <laughs> yeah. So it and there's like three or four situations like that in the film where they are having to think about what do we have. Let's look at an inventory of everything we have available to us. How do we make the best use of this to solve this problem as opposed to just going some external expensive route? You know, do we have some better ways? And it's pretty it's it's pretty encouraging, I mean, to see. Now, I will say on a fault of the film. Um, it doesn't explore a whole lot how they got all the money to do the farm they got to start with. They kind of allude to the fact they had a lot of family and friends and other people, and that's great, but a lot of money was put into this farm, and we don't really get a super clear idea on how much it took and where they got it from. And Of course, a lot of business owners aren't going to have the amount of resources that these guys may have had available to them to make it work. But if you kind of look aside from that, I think the ingenuity, the thinking about the resources you have, and then the passion that these two had for the farm, the animals, everything they were doing, was really pretty fascinating. So I'm, I'm, I like the film. I've seen it twice now, shared it to my family, and I think they got a lot out of it. Um, it's a nice, pleasant documentary with great messages. So that's the biggest little farm. Um, I don't believe it's on Netflix or anything like that, but you can certainly rent it, mm -hmm. iTunes, Amazon, any of those places. It came out earlier this year. So Okay. Yeah. Sounds like a nice entrepreneurial story. Either of you guys seen it? I have not. I missed that. Okay. I, I missed that one. Yeah, it's a good film. <laughs> I was going to say, good. it sounds like it'd be real good. Yeah. Gary, before you before you, yeah, we you turn it over to you, just uh, I want to remind our listeners that uh, you know the mesh is a great way to reach your audience, your targeted audience. There, there's a low cost. If you're interested in advertising on The Mesh, they're interested in speaking with you, you can go to themesh.tv backslash advertise or send an email to info at themesh.tv. And just uh, a great way to be getting your message out at, uh, at a very uh, good cost. So something that you should be considering and thinking about. So. But Gary, let's keep the let's keep the thing rolling. What okay, uh, what's uh, another what, classic that go, we'll be talking us, about? Give us a classic. It's thirty years ago. Roadhouse. Oh. <laughs> I can't think of a better holiday movie. No, really. <laughs> Gather the family around. Well, that's what we we're thinking. Settle about. grandparents into their chairs. We're start and after enjoy the Roadhouse. football games on Thanksgiving <laughs> about midnight. That is so great. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I got the reaction Preach I was it. hoping for. When Preach I took it, Gary. Yeah. Preach it. Tell yeah. us, tell Where, us where's your business lesson, lesson Gary? Come on. Oh, my gosh. This is small business against big business. And the uh, crime lord in this small town in middle America, so Jasper, good. Missouri. And, again, you know, we're thinking outside the, the box and the nine dots. And got small business uh, literally fighting against big business and hmm. the... Crime boss Ben Gazar in the movie controls the town, getting paybacks. If you don't play by his rules, you get your uh, store burned down, get your best friend stabbed on the bar. <laughs> it's a pretty bad dude. As it happens. Yeah. So, uh, so far, I've told the truth, right? Yeah. Nice. And uh, it's a good family movie. Um, but it does have a happy ending. I'm always in the happy endings. Yeah. Well, that's good. The count turns on the, the boss, and they kill him dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's, it, yeah. that's the business lesson. The, business, the small businesses join together to 
But I mean, actually, literally, the small businesses you were talking about, Small Business Saturday, uh, made me feel good about having this choice. Is that the one that you'll be patronizing uh, this yeah, uh, on yes, Small Business called, Saturday? Uh, the the Double Deuce. Okay. <laughs> the uh, we'll see you there. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll take pictures. Okay. Oh, that's so good. That's great. Well, I, I, you know, and I, yeah, we we, we, we probably all have watched and loved the Roadhouse, the Roadhouse, and, and, you know, he strikes me just just how evil the uh, the evil guy is. I yes. mean, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I, mean, I, so I think just, that's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, there, there's evil, and then there's sort of like, you know, you know, the Dark Knight Joker level. evil who just sort of likes to watch the town burn for the sake of watching the He's town burn. close to that. Yeah. yeah. So. I think it's important to note that not all owners of bigger established bars are quite this extreme. No, okay? of course well, not. Just, you know, go ahead and of I, just, not. I will speak up for all the larger yes. bar owners out there <laughs> in America. <laughs> this isn't meant to be but an he owned the town. So. Yeah, yeah. Sure. He was more the town owner than the bar owner. That's right. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, he yeah. crossed over into town owner. Yeah, so, so, so. Right. in that situation, yeah, they're all bad. Though, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just happened to be, you know, and Christmas, if it had been on Hallmark, he would have turned around and... Uh, True. Had Christmas trees for everybody and Christmas presents. Didn't work out that he, he, he way. Turned, he turned over a, a, a new leaf and, yes. and, and embraced the town. And it's sort of like the Grinch that stole Christmas. He would have grown a big heart. And, exactly. And, and Instead, we got to see his open heart. <laughs> That's good. Right. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> Great job, Gary. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that is tough to follow. And, and, and uh, you know, my... My intent was to talk about uh, fire, but I, I have a little bit of, of stuff that I put together just in case. You know, this you know, we we had some duplication of efforts, and and so so work with me here. You know, I, I was you know I, I mentioned that we try to try to uh, find movies that we've not discussed before, and you know, if I ask my son his favorite Christmas movie, what do you think he will say? Who's twenty one years old? He's twenty one years old. Yeah. And likes action adventure. Die Hard. He says Die yeah. Hard, and I say, "Well, come on, that's not really a Christmas. It happens oh, at Christmas." Wait a minute. So you're on the it's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm more on that side, yes. But in thinking about it, you know, I, I thought, you know, how could I come up with a business lesson if I was to speak about Die Hard? Uh -huh. And my lesson is really thinking about the proper way to throw a Christmas party. You know, so <laughs> you know, if you. We all have probably seen Die Hard with you, Bruce Willis. You in Nakatomi Plaza. In Nakatomi <laughs> Plaza. You know, uninvited guests show yeah, up, and right. they just ruin the party. They yeah, do. and, and uh, uh, you know, Bruce Willis, was. this is probably his, I don't know if his first maybe movie star turn. I think he might have been doing it Moonlighting. Wasn't his first movie, it was his first action movie for sure. He had no. done a couple comedies before that. So. You know, and Alan Rickman, who is wonderful as oh, yeah. uh, the the bad guy Hans Gruber and, and, and is in it and you know, but and then but but then I was also thinking about if that's not the right way to host a Christmas party, are there other examples that we could watch or or uh, listeners could watch that might be even better ways to think about Christmas parties. So I'm going to cheat a little bit. Netflix still has the TV series The Office on it. Oh, yeah. And yeah, you can if if you follow Michael Scott on Twitter, every now and then he'll like list all of the Office Christmas episodes, which are sort of fun. And awesome. and and my favorite is from season two, episode ten which is the, the Secret Santa gift exchange mm -hmm. where Michael Scott 
gets young Ryan is, is his secret Santa, and there's supposed to be a $10 limit, and he buys him an iPod. <laughs> and uh, uh, when he gets a uh, uh, handmade oven glove, uh, he decides that instead of uh, doing it that way, they're going to play Yankee Swap, where they're all giving gifts back and forth. And, <laughs> you know, chaos ensues. And after ruining Christmas, Michael disobeys company policy by buying alcohol for the party to compensate and everyone ends up having a very good time and 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 that's probably the better way to throw the company Christmas party. So anyway, just I'm not sure what the lesson is there, but it's got something to do with alcohol. having a company Christmas party. You know, I was going to talk to you about the college policies on Christmas parties, Gary, to see if we could get more alcohol involved. Well, we can't do that. But we have a place right across from you at the CDCC, the Hatchet Farm. Patriot Axe throwing? Yes. Uh, okay, that's true. So I think we have oh, alcohol already true. there and hatchets. <laughs> anyway. A, I think that's a great bloody Christmas. Yeah, you, great bloody Christmas. Well, you, you know, that's you know, between Roadhouse, uh, Die Hard, and Axe throwing, you know, hopefully you'll have a safer Christmas than any of those. So. So anyway, those are some some thoughts of Christmas watching. I don't know if you guys have any other movies that you'd like to touch on at this time. I don't, although I will say that you mentioned The Office, and uh, between my son and my wife, they both have decided to independently replay all the Office episodes. So anytime I walk into my house, there's an Office episode playing (laughs) from one of their two viewing streams and. uh, that's been going on for about a month and a half now, so I'm uh, I'm a little off of stout. <laughs> so, but, there there but are worse if things. You if you haven't seen it in a while, yes, some of the episodes still really hold. Uh, so and they, and there there are probably seven or eight Christmas episodes oh, out there that you can go out and watch if you. If you to, the show went for nine seasons, I believe. So you had you know, yeah. plenty of Christmas opportunities. Yeah, I mean, I sort of bailed out a bit when Michael Scott left, yeah, but uh, lost a lot. But then, you know, so. but anyway, still still a pleasant, fun watch, and you know, only probably twenty five minutes or so so if you just want a shorter break from the family yeah. choosing one of those might be the way to go so great that's some good picks i'm writing them all down because i need some ideas for the holidays okay well we always like to end our podcast with highlighting small businesses of the month that we've run into uh you know uh so chris you have a small business of the month that you'd like to uh to share I, with I us i do um few people probably know about me that i absolutely hate getting haircuts. I hate it. You got to do it. Otherwise you walk around, people think, you know, who is this person with shaggy hair? But I, I just hate it. I just hate it. Well, I found the solution to my fear and how to cope with it. There's a place in downtown Hickory on Union Square called Bull Moose Barber and Lounge. Here's the deal, folks. You go there. Do they cut hair? Yes. But when you walk in the door, they ask you, what beer would you like? You get a beer with your haircut. It is amazing. So, and that, that's my recommendation. Bull Moose um, Barber and Lounge. Yeah, you, just, you walk in, you go get a beer from the fridge, you have a beer while they cut your hair. It's like, you know what? This is a haircut I like. So, uh-huh. so, good content. so what can we learn from that? We learn that take something that people just, uh, a process that people take for granted, is monotonous, not looking forward to, how to put a spin on it to make it something intriguing and interesting for people. Right? Yeah. yeah, and I, I would say exactly as well, right. um, they may not think their location is cool. I think it's amazing because it's in Union Square downtown, but you have to walk up this flight of stairs. It's kind of above the street, uh-huh. so it's kind of like this little hideaway. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I, I just I think it's a brilliant place, brilliant concept, and yeah, a beer and a haircut. I I had a meeting at an office upstairs or across from that place, and I had never heard of it or seen it either. And I like walking up, and I'm sort of looking in there. So what what the heck's going on in there? You know, and it's you know there's like a whole cool barbershop situation going on in there. So it's it's uh, it's very nice. So yeah, I'm afraid I don't have a business uh, to share. So. All small businesses are great businesses. All right. Well, that's, 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 you're, I, you're, I don't that's, have one offhand. Well, yeah, but yeah. if one hits me here in the next few minutes while you're still going through That's, that's quite all right. Yeah. Quite all right. All right. Uh, Gary, what uh, small business are you going to chat out about today? My small business is literally uh, with a small guy, a nine-year-old. I saw on Shark Tank oh. called Jack's Stands and Marketplace. And it started as a lemonade stand, just like we hear all the time with kids trying to make money. He has now expanded over the last few years to, he wants to franchise his concept. <laughs> and it has all the, he's got the stand, he's got all these uh, business learning techniques and things for young kids to start exploring what business is. And uh, he, he didn't get it on Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he's not making a lot of money off of lemonade, but he's doing a lot of great things. You can uh, Google him. It's again Jack Stands Marketplace, and they're they're still doing things, and they've got they are expanding stores and doing a lot of great things. And they talked about uh, Young American Bank, which helps young children entrepreneurs uh, learn more about business, but also gives loans because they talked about he made a th- he borrowed a thousand dollars from his parents, paid them back. And then he talked about getting a $5,000 loan, and the four sharks kind of dropped their mouths and said, how'd you get a loan for this? And it was young American banks. And okay. they, like, not just, they loan a little bit of money, but they're really there to help teach students or kids about starting a business. Well, cool. It's kind of cool. It's okay. Cool. Well, that's a nice... Of course, that's my son's name, so I had to pick Jack. Well, that's a very nice story. So, okay, thank you. It's right up there with Roadhouse. I actually do have one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I just I thank you to my engineer reminding me of of one that I, I wanted to bring up that uh, I can't believe I didn't have this because I actually had a bookmark from before. But you know, talking about local businesses, I mean, Chris, you mentioned one that was local here in downtown Hickory. This one uh, a little close by. It's a town called Statesville, about maybe twenty minutes away here. I love pickles. Does anybody else here love pickles? I love I pickles. Like pickles. Pickles. Love pickles. So. I just love the story because we have a student, uh, Carson Lester, out of Statesville, who has started his own company. Now, Carson, he's a student at South Arrowdale High School. Um, he has autism and learning disabled, but he's also able to be an entrepreneur, which is awesome to hear. So he started off in high school. It was a project he worked on in his agricultural class uh, about last year. He got to learn a lot about agriculture. He uh, had to complete a supervised agriculture experience program that it required you to do something in the agricultural real world outside the classroom. So he was playing on some different ideas, but ended up he wanted to be an entrepreneur. He loves Mount Olive pickles. That's like one of his favorite things. He's like, so I want to try to make my own and see if I could sell my own mm-hmm. similar to that. So he just started creating some jars of pickles. He learned how to make pickles, how to flavor pickles and Get them. So now he has got to point where he has sold pickles in 30 different states, two different countries, including South Africa and England. Wow. Uh, he's, his whole quote is, I want customers to be very happy, and I want to see the business expand. I want it to be global. So he's now grown to featuring different flavors, including kosher and sweet dill, spicy, sour, and they're called Tasty Pickles by Carson. 
what's the name of his thing? Designed the label. He's got a cute little pickle icon for the for the logo. Um, again, you know, is it anything revolutionary? Not necessarily, but it's something he wanted to do and see if he could do. And even as a high school student, he's now seeing success and creating his own pickle brand, which I think is awesome. So I, I need to order some from the holidays, and those may actually be gifts that I give because my family, you know, most of the people in my family like like pickles, so it might be a good option for that. Mm, so It's a great story. Yeah, so that's Carson Lester out of Statesville, North Carolina, with the Tasty Pickles by Carson. And no, thanks no. to our engineer, Moose, for reminding me of that one. So Okay. Thank you for that. And, you know, last year when we got together, I, I introduced you guys to a company called Turdy Works. It was in, in Maine. <laughs> it made arts and crafts and moose driving. I don't have anything... That I almost bought some of those from my from my family for Christmas. Well, pickles, you know, whatever. Yeah, so <laughs> just don't mix them up. Recently, this year, I was introduced to uh, into the world of slime and companies that make make slime. And mm-hmm. and uh, my small business of the, of the month is the Fly Z Slime Shop. The founder of the shop had some physical issues in 2017. She started making slime for herself to use as stress relief and as a rehab exercise to help her shoulder heal. A friend heard about the slime she was making and asked for some, and she basically decided to start selling some, and she got more people involved with it and realized it was not just a toy for kids but also stress relief for adults, and it could also be used to rehab injuries like tennis elbow or carpal tunnel and a way to work through anxiety issues. So they opened their doors in 2017 selling at Comic-Cons, local Comic-Con shows, uh, and it was a big hit. In January 2019, they released released their new logo and opened up online as Fly Z Slime, F-L-Y, big Z, Slime. Uh, They're selling at Comic-Cons. They're selling online. They're going to craft fairs. Uh, you can go online on Instagram and Facebook and see some of their holiday slime concoctions from Magical Elf Crunch to I Smell Snow Cloud Slime to Jingle Balls. And uh, as a Christmas gift, you, you know, you, for the person on your list that wants slime, could be the right, you know, they don't want pickles, they want slime, go with the slime. You can go to Fly Z Slime on Instagram or follow them on Facebook at Fly Z Slime and go learn more about them. Uh, so you should check fly out. Fly Z Slime. Yes. So like Fly, F-L-Y. Letter, letter Z, Z Slime. slime. Yep. So, okay. so check it out. And if you've got a suggestion for our Entrepreneur Exchange Small Business of the Month, you can email them to us at eexchange at themesh.tv. And if we use yours, we'll get you a prize pack. We want to thank uh, Chris Fry. We want to thank Alan Jackson for joining us today. Thank uh, you, Jeff. This was great. Not only your show, but just letting us come on every every year. Well, it's, it's always a pleasure. And, and our listeners should also be listening to the Foot, Foot Candles Film Podcast on the Mesh Podcast Network. And... Uh, go and go to themesh.tv to see the whole uh, network of podcasts that are being offered out there. A lot of cool stuff. We want to thank the Mesh Podcast Network for having us, and we want to wish everyone the best uh, for Thanksgiving and for the the upcoming uh, holidays. So be safe out there, and we'll look forward to talking to you again next month. Merry Christmas.
You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.